0: Hi, I'm Evan Vujkovic, your co-host for Aragon Research's podcast, Aragon Live, the podcast for business and IT leaders where Aragon analysts share actual insights to help you in your business move faster. We're glad you joined us, and once again, it's time to discuss the future of work. In this episode of Aragon Live, Jim Lundy, CEO and Lead Analyst at Aragon Research, and Mark McNacca, President and Co-Founder of Allego, discuss the current state of sales learning and why sales leaders should consider rethinking their approach to how they train and provide feedback to their sales teams. Let's dive into our discussion.
1: Hi, this is Jim Lundy, Founder, CEO, and Lead Analyst at Aragon Research. Today, we're talking about the current state of sales learning, a topic that's critical to every sales leader. Joining me is Mark McNacca, President and Co-Founder of Allego. Mark, it's great to have you join us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Jim. Glad to be here.
1: So, Mark, I know you live sales learning every day at Alego. And to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about your firm, Alego, and how you've evolved since you co-founded the firm a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, so we started Allegro with the vision that learning had to be easier, it had to be faster, and I really believe it had to be more visual because that's how most of us learn. And that's been our mission and and today, our mobile video sales learning platform is really taking the market by storm. What we're seeing, Jim, is that some of the trends that we've been talking about are really becoming self-evident, not only the trend of just-in-time learning and learning in bite-sized chunks or what's now called micro-learning, but really the bigger idea and the bigger vision which is this concept that there's actually a much smaller amount of information that sales teams really need to use memorization skills to own the content, if you will. And there's a much larger amount of content that sales teams can now access in this just-in-time mechanism the same way we do with YouTube. So we're seeing a big shift really across the entire sales learning ecosystem where people are realizing there's a better way to train salespeople.
1: You know, Mark, that's great. You know, we're definitely seeing this growth as well. In fact, to us, we're seeing the sales learning market as becoming more separate and distinct from traditional corporate learning. Do you see that as well?
0: Yeah, I think as you've identified here, Jim, we're seeing it happening really in enterprises of all sizes. And the fact is that sales is under pressure to deliver results faster. And to do that, they do need training. But what they really need is this outcome-based mindset that's really visual from the start. And if I can just take that concept of outcome-based, you know, if you look across the medical world, whether it's a medical device company or a pharmaceutical company, really anyone in healthcare today, they're talking about outcome-based. And the reality is we're doing the same thing. For too long, sales training or training in general was considered more of an HR function that at many firms was what I'll call a check-the-box function. And by that, I mean the box was checked. We delivered this particular piece of content via some e-learning mechanism, but there was really no capacity or quite frankly requirement to ascertain, wait a minute, to the people who just took that e-learning course, do they really know what they're supposed to know? Are they what we call ready for prime time or are they not? And I think that's been a big part of the shift. The shift Is to an outcome-based mindset where sales leadership now says, sales education is critical to the success of this organization, and we're going to practice the same kind of rigor and certification with our sales team as we do with every other aspect of our organization.
1: Mark, one thing that's clear to me that we get a lot of feedback on is that a lot of sales leaders are not really happy with the learning platforms that they currently have, as you mentioned, an HR-centric approach to learning. You could even say that many of these sales leaders and sales operations executives are really on a mission to try to reinvent learning because they're so focused on getting to those faster outcomes. They want a more consistent, modern approach and that's where new offerings such as yours at Alego are coming into play.
0: Yeah, I think they are. and. When you think about that, it's, it's almost like this question that's been asked in lots of thought-leading periodicals from Chief Learning Officer Magazine to some of the, the more well-known sales magazines like Sales Management, the Sales Management Association. And the question is really, is the traditional learning management system dead? So I'd ask you that question, Jim, As a, you know, in your role, kind of looking across uh, the world here, do you believe the LMS is dead?
1: Well, yeah, in a way it is. It never has been the be-all and end-all to learning, even though there's a lot of buyers that thought that it was. It really never was. And today, it's all about what we call modern learning, where the focus is really on the learner, in this case, the sales professional, and it's not on the reporting and the tracking. The fact is that LMSs were really pretty good at tracking, but they really fell short in a lot of ways. And so today, business leaders know that a well-trained set of associates is going to be more prepared to win the day than ones that are not. I mean, that's a similar analogy to what we see in the sports world. If you practice, you're going to play better on game day. And so one of the things that's really come up and it's really been shining a light on in the area of sales is this idea of visual learning. And so a lot of the traditional learning providers, they, they fall short in this area of video. And video learning, we think, is a must-have part of the modern learning and the sales learning experience. Now, obviously, Mark, I know that video is something that's core to your Lego offering. Can you tell us a little bit more about how Alego deals with this area of video learning?
0: Yeah, sure. You know, I, I, the first thing you need to know is that Alego really was built from the ground up to be video first. And, and it was also mobile first. So we knew this was going to be a mobile video app. And so it's sort of the concept and the metaphor of, are you a native? Or are you a tourist? And by that, I mean, there's a lot of other technologies out there that are not mobile first. And the analogy I would give you, Jim, is it's almost like back in the flip phone era when texting first came out on the flip phone. It's not that you couldn't text, it's just that unless you were a 14-year-old, it was very hard for most people to figure out how to send a text yes when you had to use the numeric keypad to click, click, click to get to the letter Y. And in the same way, it's not that some of the the LMS-type platforms don't allow for video. If they weren't built for it, they don't move video easily, and it's not easy to engage with because it didn't start off as a mobile app. So I think that's a big part of what makes a Lego unique.
1: And, you know, for example, myself, having been a former district manager of sales when I was much younger, one of the things I think you can enable today is a video role play so that a manager could watch and then coach his or her team based on what the videos that his team submits. Can you talk about that a little bit more?
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, one of the things, if you go back to your days at Xerox, which is still known in the industry as as one of the best sales training programs ever and, and one from which most of the modern sales programs we think of today, whether it's Challenger or Solution Selling or any of them, most of the ideas really derive back from the old professional selling skills. And one of the key elements of that whole mindset back in that era was the importance, as you mentioned earlier, just like with athletes, of being able to demonstrate under pressure. You know, it's one thing if you say, no, I I know how to deliver the script, but I can't do it in front of a live prospect. Well, then guess what? It's not really of any value. And so what we discovered is that when you use video technology like a Lego for a role play, it has a very powerful effect of letting people self-critique You know, Jim, the interesting thing is that most people are actually far harder on themselves than you would have been as their sales manager anyway. And with just a little bit of direction, which is often in the what I'll call preamble video, and you might say, hey, give me a a short presentation on the new product offering and why a prospect should take a meeting to hear more about it. So the rep gets that video. They watch it. It has this little, you know, 10-second intro from you, And then it literally brings up the collateral automatically that you've used in the demo that you want them to practice. And uh, they hit record. And they deliver the message to the camera. And at that point, they can either submit it, in which case, it will be automatically routed back to you. Or if at the end of watching their answer, they think, oh, that that was just awful. I'm not happy with that. uh, I'm not sending that to Jim. They're going to do it again. And the beauty of it is if they do it again, and they do it again three, four, five times, Pretty soon, they start speaking like a native. And that is ultimately the goal because the confidence that a sales rep is able to exude, and I don't mean false confidence or bravado. I mean the the legitimate confidence when you walk in and you actually know what you're talking about because you've practiced and you've rehearsed, it really makes you feel like you're ready for anything. And that is what I see sets great salespeople apart.
1: Mark, that's a great point. And, you know, when I was doing it, and still there's a lot of companies that send their reps to a sales school in a faraway state. At Xerox, it was Leesburg, Virginia. And we did role plays, but you had to have a whole film crew, and they had to tape it, and then you got to go in and look at it. You didn't really get to practice very much. So, and again, this is one of the things we think is differentiating the sales learning market. What's the reaction in the field with your customers when they see this capability on the Allego platform?
0: Well, there's no question there's a wow factor. I mean, when you see this, and if I just kind of continue that story, Jim, if you think about it, you've asked a rep to do a short, let's call it a role play. They have recorded this role play. They've, they've maybe recorded it a few times and say it's the third time. They say, okay, I think that's good enough to share with Jim. I hit submit. It gets routed to you. You get notified with an email and an iOS notification if you're on your iPhone, for example. And then at a time that's convenient for you, you hit play. So you open up a Lego and up pops the video with a little blue dot of the sales rep who sent you this video. So you start watching the video. And one of the things I can tell you as a presentation coach, which is part of my background working with salespeople, is that I never interrupted presenters in the middle of their three-minute presentation. No matter what, I let them finish it because it's really hard to recover and get feedback while you're trying to give the presentation. So the beauty of this asynchronous technology versus something like FaceTime or Skype when it's in real time is that it's really better to let the salesperson finish it and now you start watching the video and maybe 15 seconds in, you have a comment that you want to make. So with the tap of a button, it literally lets you insert the equivalent of a sticky note right onto the video and say, hey, Mark, I think you need to slow down when you talk about the initial value proposition right here. And as soon as you do that, I get notified on the other end that Jim's left me a comment. Now what's cool is you might go through that video and leave me five or six comments. Those comments could be public or you might make them private if you only want me to see them. And when I go back to the video now, I don't have to watch myself for for three minutes or for four minutes. I can just fast forward right to the part where you've given me specific relevant feedback. And that feedback could be something that you typed in or it could be something that you tapped the microphone and you spoke in. And now I could even hear your tonality and communicate. you're able to communicate a larger context where you say, hey, the way that you described that piece, I know what you, what you were getting at, but I think what you meant to say was this. And now I'm hearing the way you talk about it, not just seeing it. So some sales managers prefer the, the, the written word and some prefer the spoken word. The bottom line is for the user, the salesperson, getting specific, relevant, and timely feedback from your manager is something most of them, particularly millennials, are really desperate for. And so what we've seen, to be completely frank, for the seasoned veteran people, the initial reaction was, I don't really need that. For the millennials, it's been they've been all over it. But I'll tell you this, even among some of the ones who were initially skeptical, here's what I've heard from more than one manager the truth is when I watch some of my best people on video, they're good, but they're actually not as good as they think they are. And it's not until I can show them the video of where there's a gap, where they're talking too much, or they're forgetting to pause, for example, that I actually have an opening to do some coaching.
1: Mark, that's great. And I think the other thing, if I put my old district manager hat on, But I can have a team of, say, I have 15 to 17 reps, and I can get all of them on a deadline to submit their videos. I can watch them all and comment on all of them. That saves a lot of time versus having to do two weeks of ride-alongs where I might get to see them pitching a couple times, but I may not be able to give them the feedback because we're running so much in between, you know, all these, uh, you know, getting in and out of the car and getting to the appointments and not having the right point in time to ask for that kind of feedback. So that's really great. And go ahead.
0: Jim, I was just going to say, we have a number of firms that we're working with have, who have literally adjusted the culture of the sales organization such that the divisionals now have one week a month instead of one day a month. They have one week a month where they're working from their home office. And the interesting thing is, many of them say they are more productive. It's, it's not that they're stopping ride-alongs. It's just that the problem in this example you just gave is if day after day after day you're doing ride-alongs, you very rarely have time to get back to your newer people or the people who are most in need of your help. And maybe a month or two months goes by before they get any interaction with you. This idea of having one week a month is that no more than 30 days are going by where literally every single person on the team is being touched with the content they need to hear. And best of all, you can disproportionately spend, say, 80% of your time on the people who most need it. And if there's certain people that are actually doing exactly what you want them to do, um, it may be a very short conversation, or better yet, you might be capturing what they're doing in the form of a video and then sharing it with the rest of the team to say, here's an example of the best way to be talking about the new product launch from one of your peers.
1: That's a great point, Mark, because one of the things we think this can help is it can help to lift up all the performance of the entire organization because the manager gets to give more regular feedback, just like a sports coach does during practice or, you know, after a match. So as we wind down this initial podcast, uh, I guess one of the things that I'd like to ask is, what's your biggest piece of advice to the sales leaders who are listening to this podcast?
0: I'd say the biggest thing that impacts close ratios is a lack of knowledge and specifically the ability to absorb the knowledge. And so the distinction I want to make is there's a lot of organizations who say, no, we train our people. We have them go through three weeks of training or two weeks of training. But the question isn't, did they get absorbed, did they get exposed to it? The question is, were they able to absorb that knowledge? And so Alego helps sales teams with critical skills and the absorption of that knowledge and when you put those two things together, it comes down to closing more deals.
1: Mark, that's great. And I can tell you, I look forward to talking more with you about the future of sales learning. And for the listeners to this podcast, for more information about Allegro, you can go to Allegro.com or to AragonResearch.com. And again, find more information on the current state of sales learning.
0: Thanks, Jim. It was great to be a part of this and look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Mark. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Aragon Research's Aragon Live podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you for listening.